Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are going into week 13. We have 12 weeks in the book. Uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, in which I legitimately, I thought, hit the record button and nothing happened. So we're going to briefly skim over Gulag and not talk too much in depth about it this week. Uh, kind of looking here, I am also joined by Will, by the way. Hi, Will. Hello. Um, this week in the Gulag, so I was eliminated, and then also Will's buddy Peter was eliminated. So we are now down to our final eight, and our final eight includes Sam, Billy, Vince, Prince Palmer, Andy, Eric, Nate, and Joe. So we're down to our final eight, two eliminations this week and two next week, followed by one elimination until we actually crown our Gulag champion for 2021 slash 22, depending on when the season ends. I don't even remember. Uh, I'm going to briefly go through the waivers and then, Will, if you have any takeaways afterwards, just kind of let me know and then, uh, or talk about it as you'd like. And then we're actually going to get into some headlines. Um, Obviously, as you guys know from listening to this show, a lot of it is just spitballing. Um, And with us not being able to record the first time through, um, a lot of this is just kind of small talk situations, but then we're going to actually get into some some conversations regarding our league and then also the NFL as a whole. So to begin with, in the four of the throne waivers, we had Kyle Van Noy, and he went to lefty for $8. Uh, who is the Walter guy's name again? Sorry. Uh, that was Austin Walter. So Austin Walter went to Justin for $8. It sounded like he had a pretty good game in garbage time for the Jets. We had Robert Quinn went to Will, who has 42 combined points in the last two weeks, which is insane. I think he had 28 this past week and then 14 the week before or vice versa. I put $7 on Mike Glennon when it was ruled that Daniel Jones is out for the week. But, of course, they flipped that on me, and now Daniel Jones is scheduled to play. As a result, I went and I picked up Andy Dalton, who may start this week for the Bears. Sturt picked up Jack Doyle for $5 to help his tight end room. Chris Jones joined Little Slads, as Will made mention to previously. He really, really needed an IDP this week with buys and injuries. And then Justin picked up Byron Pringle for $3, along with me picking up $3 bet on Jawan Jennings wide receiver for the 49ers. Do you have any takeaways about any of those players on waivers? 
Uh, I think Juwan Jennings was a good pickup on your end. I know you had talked to me before and said you weren't sure if you were going to start him or not. But with Debo being down and how he looked against the Vikings, I think he will, again, probably be featured a lot in that offense. Um, now that you have um, now that you have uh, Andy Dalton as your starting quarterback, I think you sit in a lot better shape than you did before. And like I had mentioned earlier, I think that um, Chris Jones with – the addition of Melvin Ingram now in Kansas City, I think he's a lot of things are starting to open up for him, and he's just going to continue to rack up the points. So, right. good ad for little flats there as well. So that is what we had this week for waivers. We had a couple that went through today, uh, but they are just kind of you know minor. So, Will kind of brought up some topics that we're going to discuss uh, briefly here. I think the first one's definitely going to, uh, definitely first one's definitely going to take the most of our time because obviously we can relate to it and it has to deal with the fact that we have how many teams at six and six five five of them so we're going to try to just project based off of right now in the middle of this cowboys and saints games current points and then also projections who are going to be our playoff teams with only two weeks to go we already know two things we know that Sir daddy has absolutely clinched a bye the first clinch to buy, he's currently 12 and 0. He's a three game lead on Randy, who is in second place. We also know that Randy, who is nine and three, has already clinched the playoffs as well. He is one win or one Cascade Bear loss away from clinching the bye as well. And then currently, right now, we have in three through six, according to record, Jake is seven and five in third place. And then we have Andy, Will, and Justin at six and six in the four, five, and six seeds. If you look at all three of those, it's based off of points. Out of the playoffs, we have two teams that are six and six, but obviously are lower in points for separating Justin in sixth and Danny in seventh around nine points. And then Spaceballs is behind even Danny, who is in seventh place, by around 100 points. If Spaceball wants to make the playoffs, he has to win this week. If he loses, there's no chance because he lost a bye game to Tyler last week, which was not okay for his playoff outlook. So if we look at right now the matchups regarding these playoff teams, also the teams that are 9 through 12, Ryan, Little Slads, Lefty, and myself, we're not making the playoffs. Us four are not making the playoffs. The only way in which any of those four and eight teams would make it, Ryan and Little Slads, is if both win and they vaulted over someone for points. Well, right now, to put that into perspective, Ryan is only 10 points ahead of Spaceballs for points four. It would be very, very hard for him to even jump into the playoffs. So, that, so I think we're really looking at an eight-team race here. Uh, everybody that is six and six and higher. So Will... If we take a look here at the matchups, me and Little Slats is pretty much irrelevant. If you look at Justin, he plays against Lefty. I know earlier you said that like he's in a pretty good spot. Would you confirm that? I, I would agree there, yes. So if Justin wins this week, he'll be at 7-6. and six. And right now, when you look at all the points, he's third out of the 6-6, six and six, which leaves him as the sixth seed. But obviously, there are going to be some teams that could potentially lose this week. You and D Slacky is a key 
matchups. Projections has you guys right now separated by around four points. And I see you currently have 13 from Dak. Um, how do you feel about that right now? We are around. So the second half, like, just started. Yep. And right now, Dak, Dak had 13 points at half, um, currently up on the Saints. I don't know what Dan Quinn does here in the second half, if he just opts to be more conservative or not. I'd like to see him throw the ball a little bit more because it is kind of a pass-heavy offense. So I'm, I'm feeling good no matter what. I think, you know, looking at my other matchups for this week, I think that Dak was probably going to be my best matchup to begin with. So I'm, I'm okay rolling with that. Um, and honestly, when I look at D Slacky's quarterback room, he's he's got Pat Mahomes going up against Denver. So just looking matchup versus matchup, I think that I'm in pretty good shape right now. And whoever wins between you and D Slacky is in very, very good position. Because if you look at next week, D Slacky plays against Michael, who is very scrappy. But then also you play against me next week. So I mean, you gotta assume that either one, whoever wins is in a situation where they're going to be the favorite next week, uh, depending on buys and so forth, because there's four buys next week, of course. I got to I gotta interrupt here and, and tell you this. This is insane. So the Memphis Grizzlies just beat the Thunder, like Jake was talking about, 152 to 79. That is a 73-point <laughs> victory. The biggest all-time NBA margin of victory. That is insane. As you said that, I'm looking at the meme that Tyler posted from three hours ago, and it's Jordan laughing his ass off. That's literally what's going through my head right now. What's what defense? Is happening. What is defense? <laughs> 152 <laughs> points. And that, by the way, that doesn't even include John Morant because he's injured. Yeah, the, those Memphis Grizzlies, folks. Buy stock now. Good God. That is the epitome of brutality. You said it. Good Lord. Okay, so who would you actually predict is going to make the playoffs right now? So kind of just based off what you talked about already and kind of what we said before we uh, weren't actually recording – um, I really, you know, out of what I see right now for the six and six teams, I really like Justin's chances just to begin with. He uh, he already opened up this week with a huge favor in his uh, with his uh, matchup against Tyler. And then even looking next week too, he's uh, he's got space balls also in week fourteen. But I think that he's got a few guys on by, so he just has to move some guys around. Um, so I, I would think he sits fairly well. He even looks good with points too from what I can see. Um, and then the second team that I would say also looks good is Andy. I think Andy, again, she's favored right now to uh, knock off space ball. She's off to a great start um, through one half of football. And then next week she's going up against Tyler and Tyler's not even projected to hit even over hundred points. I think he's got a ton of guys on that week 14 by I'm guessing they're either Eagles or Dolphins players, but you know, just, just looking at her opponents right now, I think she sits pretty as well. Um, but yeah, kind of looking at the other matchups too. Um, it'd be interesting to see if I can get more points out of Dak, um, see if anybody on, on Danny's team, see if anyone on his team goes off. Cause like that's a very pivotal matchup to see who wants to make it in. So, yeah. 
And then Max, you have a happy birthday uh, notice you wanted to give out. Yep. Happy birthday to the current gunslinger for the Green Bay Packers, our COVID king, Aaron Rodgers. It's also Aaron Jones' birthday too, but most importantly, Aaron Rodgers, who has led the Packers since 2005, um, maybe not that early, but who has been the gunslinger for who knows how long. And we'll see if it's his last year in Green Bay, but I think a lot of Packer fans are hoping it's not. Just wishing him a happy and healthy, note, healthy birthday today. <laughs> Now, also, we just got news about Antonio Brown, who got suspended three games for a fake COVID card. So is that starting this week? Yeah, and he's already been kind of out with injury, too. So it's kind of just like a nail in the coffin on what his season has been. Um, going around the league, um, there's actually three Tampa Bay Buccaneers that were suspended and it's kind of ironic because they had that tweet in the beginning of the season saying, oh, look at us. We're 100% vaccinated. And sure enough, Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, who plays in their secondary, and then a guy in their practice squad who was featured in um, Last Chance U with uh, Coach Jason Brown at Independence U, John Franklin III. All three of them had fake COVID cards. So um, there's a three-game suspension um, instigated by the league. Um, I don't know what's worse, having a fake card or, you know, not being completely truthful towards media, I guess. But this is uh, obviously a huge dent on what Tampa wants to do on offense. And it's definitely going to open up opportunities for guys like Shelby Miller and uh, my guy, Tyler Johnson, on that offense. And next, Christian McCaffrey is out for the season. Danny was already panicking throughout the season made a move to get Devonte Booker when he needed a running back for me. Saquon is now back. He never went and he tried trading for, never even attempted to get Chubba Hubbard. So he is struggling right now. I'm pretty sure he has to start Mike Davis for the remainder of the season since he traded away Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's in big time trouble as we kind of look forward with that. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey overrated? Is he well, overpaid? Yes. Very overpaid, but you know, it's, it's incredible. If you, uh, in a lot of like redraft leagues, if you targeted like a running back this year, man has injury bug hit you hard. You look at CMC, you look at Derrick Henry. I just, I, I don't put a lot of faith in Christian McCaffrey because of his injury history. I just figure once a player has an injury like that, it's just hard to bounce back from it. And for how dependable he is in that offense or how much he's used, I, I guess I could have seen this coming. So um hope he gets well soon hopefully he's he's back and healthy for next year but just a tough luck for a guy like him who's I'm sure I'm, he's made of like you know paper skin and glass bones and um whenever he falls he breaks something so if you look at the running back room for, for Danny this week James Connor and Mike Davis are his two running backs he has no running backs on by his third string running back is Savan Ahmed yeah, he, he his options are very, very limited. Um, I mean, he's got Devontae Booker, but if, if Saquon's back, I mean, that means dilly squat. But I don't know. I think, I think depth is really important in leagues like this, and that's what happens when you make trades for uh, big-name guys. I could, I could really use a win by you this week to send him into the lottery since I have his pick. Well, I'll try. <laughs> and then finally – we had the highlight of the week, 
Uh, it all came down to, what was that, Monday night or Sunday? Uh, it would have been... It was the Ravens. Um, Tucker and uh, Tucker and Marquise Brown. Yeah, that would have been Sunday night's game. So Spaceballs and Lefty were in a very close matchup. This is a matchup that Spaceballs really, really needed to win. And his guys just did not get enough going. He loses a bye game to Lefty by four points, putting him in the 6-6 six and six category versus the 7-5. and five. He actually would have been tied with Cascade for third. The epitome of brutality. You hate to see it. Again, Spaceballs is in a must-win matchup this week to make the playoffs. Let's get into some of those weekly cookies. Cookie! All right, Will, take it away. What do you got for us from this week? So this week uh, with our cookies, Josh Allen was our leading quarterback for Stirk once again, who achieved his fourth cookie of the year. He uh, netted 34.7 points and a good bounce-back effort. Leonard Fournette went off for the Buccaneers against the Colts. 44 points. He earned his first cookie of the year. I tell you, I was watching the end of the game, and I was expecting Tampa just to run the clock out, and they did, but then just no one wanted to get Leonard Fournette down. He rushes for like a 30-yard touchdown to help cement that victory for Tampa Bay. Um, Joe Mixon also earned the other cookie for Sturk at 32.3 points, um, as the Bengals definitely took down the Steelers, who looked to be reeling at this point. At the wideout position, uh, Jalen Waddell was the lead dog for lefty with 28.7 points. Cordero Patterson for Sturk also got 27.5 and a good effort there as well. Leading tight end this week was, believe it or not, Mark Andrews for Jake, who had 20. Not sure how that was possible because Lamar basically was throwing the ball to the other team. As far as flex pieces, Elijah Mitchell for Jake earned him 27.8 points against the Vikes. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a good add or a good start this week for me as a flex piece. He gave me 23.6 points against the Seahawks. Leading kicker this week was Daniel Carlson for Randy with his third cookie of the year with a 21-21. Holy cow. Good effort there from uh, Daniel Carlson. At the D-line position, Sterk had Brian Burns who earned him 15 points. Harrison Smith for Randy gave him 19 and a half points at the linebacker or at the defensive back position. And then at the linebacker position, Darius Leonard for Randy also gave him 19.5 points. Uh, Jamal Adams for Jake was the top uh, IDP flex for the week with 18.5 points. So when you add all those totals up, um, we are, we get a total of 332 points. Um, looking at this week in itself, it was the 10th best effort of the year. Um, so not a good week as far as overall points are concerned, but I think that leaves a lot to be desired as there are some guys who definitely went off who were either on waivers or just kind of stowed away on bench. Yes, that is for sure. I mean, not one of the best weeks for cookies. Um, so let's actually get into an encouraging sign, which was the last dance cookies. So it is week six in the last dance. And our cookie score this week was 457 and a half, which was actually the third best. But 
as I was entering, I'm like, holy crap, I think we might actually break the record. We were still off by around six points, which was week one, 463.75. But let's actually get into some players. So Lamella Ball, to begin with, was Tyler's, and he had 56 points for Tyler. So a great performance. Second, we had Will with Russell Westbrook, 62.25 points. Will, what do you think about uh, Russell Westbrook right now? Um, I can't believe he fell on the draft boards when we were first starting this league off. Um, he's kind of the focal point of that offense in L.A., and the, probably the offense runs through him. But that's always been his uh, personality. So I'm glad I have him, and I'm glad I, I get a start from him every single week. Triple-double machine. That he is. And then next we have LeBron James, who was tested positive for COVID, but then I feel like he was back in like two days after being diagnosed. But he actually got a cookie with only a mere 44 and a half points. It's so funny on Sleeper, he has four positions of eligibility, the only one being center that he doesn't have. So Justin gets a cookie for LeBron. At power forward, we had Joel Embiid for Tyler with 67.25. That is the best performance of the week. We then had Christian Wood, another Tyler player, with 62.75 at the center position. And then our three utilities were Kevin Durant with 61 for Eric. We had Yusuf Nurkic for Eric with 54.5. And then Rudy Gobert, my player, with 49.25. If you look at the player standings, at the top is still Giannis. And then we have Jokic and Valanciunas tied with three. After that, there's a ton of people tied with two. Looking at this week, um, it looks like Anthony Davis. Well, nope, he didn't get one. LeBron got his second, and Rudy Gobert got their second. But everybody else was first-time people, which is crazy. Jokic. I really do. I do like the fact. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, but I think Lamelo Ball is definitely going to have a bright oh, yeah. future. Um, he, uh, he, he looked balling. great. He looked great. So I would expect him, his numbers to rise up, and who knows, maybe Westbrook's numbers as well. Yeah, for sure. If you look at the team totals for this week, it starts with at the top with nine cookies is Tyler's team, BP for the gold, and then Eric's team, Bill Walton smells colors. After that, tied for third, we have indoor furnishings, Jake, and retirement benefits fraud, which is Justin. It's crazy how Jake is there and his team is – not been good this year. Fifth place is Will standing alone at six. Six is myself with five. Seven is Andy with three. And then last is Ryan still with one. Hopefully he can get a second cookie eventually. All right, Will. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to walk us through last week's For the Throne matchups. And then afterwards, I'm sure you're going to preview week 13 which is currently in progress, knowing that we actually are recording mid-Cowboys and Saints. We take a look at Week 12. The first matchup was between myself and D. Sladke, and I lost this matchup 121.7 to 131.2. So that is a 9.5-point victory for D. Slads, who moves to 6-6 six and 7th six and place, and then myself, I moved to 3-9 and nine and back to last after jumping over Tyler. Maybe even someone would say backflipping over him. 
Look at some of my players. I had 10.8 from Michael Pittman, 17.5 from Darnell Mooney, 11.2 from Chase Claypool, 10.5 from Matt Judon, 17 from Derwin James, and 12 from Jordan Brooks. <laughs> On Danny Slackey's side, he had 26.3 from Carson Wentz, a great game. He had 21.4 from Stephon Diggs, 15 from Jarvis Landry, 21.6 from Hunter Renfro. And then the rest of his players were kind of irrelevant. In the second matchup, we had Lefty versus Spaceballs. We already kind of talked about this uh, in depth and how much of a must win it was for Spaceballs, but Lefty gets it done. He wins the matchup 149.2 to 145. That is a 4.2 point victory. Lefty moves to 3-9 and and jumps up to the 11th spot, while Spaceballs drops from, I believe it was 5th, all the way down to 8th at 6-6. On Lefty's side, he had Tua Tungavailoa with 15.2, 19.2 from Miles Gaskin, 28.7 from Jalen Waddell, 19.3 from Rob Gronkowski, yikes, 1.9 from Dan Arnold, 10.2 10.2 from Deontay Foreman, 10.5 from Kyle Duggar, who gave him that performance and then got COVID. And then this guy named Jonathan Greenard from the Texans with 11.5. Spaceballs had he had 30.2 from Aaron Rodgers against the Rams. I did not think he would do that well with the Rams having a pretty solid defense, but they might be fraudulent. 16.9 from Zeke. He had 12.5 from Brandon Ayuk, 13 from Marquise Brown, 17.8 from Tony Pollard. So he did the double Cowboys running back approach and actually scored 34 points. And then he had 13 from his kicker, Justin Tucker, but not enough. 10.5 from DeForest Buckner, and then the rest is history. In the third matchup, we had Cascade Bear versus Stirk Daddy. A title game from last year's rematch. Obviously, Stirk Daddy won in week one, but now, or I should say week two, I believe it was, uh, Stirk Daddy wins. Oh, no, it would have been what, week one. Stirk Daddy wins and moves to 12-0 in the 1C, obviously. And then Cascade Bear moves to 7-5, and and he drops down to the 3 seed. So Cascade Bear lost his matchup by 60.2 points. My God, that was a blowout. On Cascade's side, he had a terrible performance from Jalen Hurts, who did get a little injured. Bad performance from Aaron Jones. He had 10.4 from David Montgomery, 15.5 from Keenan Allen, and 20.8 from Debo Samuel in his swan song as he goes off with injury. 20 from Mark Andrews, 27.8 from Elijah Mitchell. Terrible performance by DK Metcalf, 2.3. He had a negative 2 from Randy Bullock, Fat Randy, 12 from Trey Hendrickson, 14.5 from Micah Parsons, 18.5 from Jamal Adams. So you can see a lot of his guys actually had really good performances, but Stirk Daddy scored 216 points. Hard to beat them. Josh Allen had 34.7, Eckler with 21.9, and Mixon 32.3. He stays hot. This is a cheat code, absolutely. So Sleeper has eligibility for Cordero Patterson at 
running back and wide receiver. So he gets 27 and a half from Cordero. That's three running backs. Arguably, he could start five running backs if he really wanted. That is this ridiculous. This league. 15.6 from Michael Gallup. He had 20 from his kicker. Come on, dude. Nick Folk. 12 from Miles Garrett. 15 from J.C. Jackson. 14 and a half from Brian Burns. You're not beating that. Sorry. Unbelievable. Stirk is looking for that repeat. Then we had Andy versus Justin. And right now, Andy, she won that matchup by 26 points, moving her to 6-6 six and six and the 4 seed. Justin also moves to 6-6 six and six and the 6 seed. Andy had 27.9 from Matthew Stafford, 44.1, as we talked about, from Fournette. 3.9 bad from DeAndre Swift, 12.6 from Tyler Lockett, 13 from Justin Jefferson, 18 from Cooper Cup. On Justin's side, he had 13 from Taylor Heineke, 19.7 from Jonathan Taylor, 17 from Daryl Henderson, 18 from Devontae Adams, 13 from Brandon Cooks, 0 from Marquise Goodwin, who he immediately changed the nickname to Fuck You. <laughs> 10 from Robbie Gold, 14 Bobby Wagner, and 12 from Justin Simmons. The next matchup was between Little Slads and Will, and Will ended up winning this matchup by 33 points, moving him to 6-6 six and six in the 5 seed. Little Slads drops to 4-8, and eight, a third straight loss, and the 10 seed. Little Slads had 19 from Josh Jacobs and 20 from A.J. Dillon. 23 from T. Higgins, 10.5 from Jared Cook, 17 from Kevin Byard, who said goodbye and went on the COVID list, and bye, and 11.5 from Levante David. On Will's side, he had 23.7 from Justin Herbert, 23.6 from Antonio Gibson, his recent acquisition, 12.5 from James Robinson, 18.5 from Deontay Johnson, another recent acquisition. Tyler Higby took a shit and went 1.3. Adam Thielen with 23.2. Jacoby Myers with a great game, 14.8. And then 12.5 from Joey Bosa and 15 from Antoine Winfield, the junior. The final matchup was between Ryan, Prince Palmer, and Randy. And Randy won this matchup, dear God, 84.5 to 150.7. So that is a 66-point victory for Randy, and Ryan didn't even score 85. Ryan was the 4-8 and eight in the 9 seed, while Ryan, Randy, is now 9-3 and three and bumps up to the 2 seed with a 6-straight loss, or 6-straight win, sorry. Ryan got 2.7 out of Tony Jones Jr., 15.3 from DJ Moore. Literally no one else with 10? What? Lamar Jackson even had the worst performance of his NFL career with four picks as it relates to fantasy. Still scored 11.4. That's still not good. Randy had 19.5 from Kirk Cousins. He's been benching Russell Wilson, who's been really bad this year. 14.3 from Dalvin Cook. 19 from Odell Beckham Jr. 15.6 from Dalton Schultz. He had two, a very bad game from... Kareem Hunt, 21, of course, from his kicker, Daniel Carlson, 19.5 from Harrison Smith, 
and 19 and a half from Darius Leonard. So Randy again is one winner, one Jake Loft away from the second bye. I'm gonna pass it over to Will, who's gonna break down week 13. Thanks, Logan. It'll, again, be a very important week for everyone in our league as teams try to separate themselves from each other as there are currently five teams listed at six and six, with uh, both Sterk and Randy being the only teams who have clinched postseason berths. So starting off with matchup number one, Rocky's COVID toe at six and six versus D-Slacky at six and six. As of right now, uh, I hold a slight advantage over D-Slacky um, through one half of play. It's a toss-up that could go either way, though. Right now, I'm starting Dak Prescott against New Orleans, and then my running backs are Antonio Gibson and James Robinson. I'm also starting at wide receiver Deontay Johnson and Chris Godwin. To get better consistency from the tight end position, I'm going to roll out uh, TJ Hawkinson against the Vikings, and then my flex pieces would be wideouts Adam Thielen and Jacoby Myers. At the IDP position, I'll start the Bosa brothers at defensive line and linebacker, and then I'll have Antoine Winfield Jr. and Isaiah Simmons rounding off the starting lineup. Danny will roll out Patrick Mahomes against Denver on Sunday night football with his running backs being James Conner and Mike Davis. He has Stephon Diggs and Vance Maker Dance Jefferson as his wideouts. Kelsey as his tight end to pair with Mahomes. And then his flex pieces will be Hunter Renfro, the football player, not the newly acquired outfielder for the Brewers, and then Devontae Smith of the Eagles. Notable IDPs include Roquan Smith going up against the Cardinals, Jonathan Abram, Miles Jack, and Cam Jordan to round out his starters for the week. This is probably a, you know, the, the matchup to watch this week um, with both teams very close to the uh, playoffs. It's anyone's ball, ball game here. With matchup number two, we have All Elite Fantasy at three and nine going up against Little Slads at four and eight. As of right now, Little Slads is projected to win this matchup by about eight points. Uh, Logan doesn't really have much of a choice at quarterback this week, so he will be starting a nice guy in Andy Dalton. Um, who knows what it'll look like with uh, Justin Fields. Dalton's been getting most of the first team reps. His running backs include CEH and then Rex Burkhead, though I do see David Johnson listed as questionable on his bench. Uh, his wide receivers are rising stars Michael Pittman and Chase Claypool, who will both be a part of his future. He'll start Noah Fant at the tight end position, and then his flex pieces include Rashad Bateman and Darnell Moody. Logan, I will say you have a very good, talented core of wide receivers to look forward to in the future. I got a lot Ready? of wide receiver twos. As of right now, yes, but <laughs> the future is bright. Um, your IDPs include Judon, Jordan Brooks, Derwin James, and Xavier Woods, who we all have seen nicknamed Xavier Woods. <laughs> Little Slads will look to bounce back, and he'll start um, former Rockies quarterback Tom Brady in a good matchup against Atlanta. He's got Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris as his running backs, T. Higgins and scary Terry McLaurin as his wideouts and then Jared Cook as his starting tight end against Cincinnati. His flex pieces include uh, Cortland Sutton and then Ramondre Stevenson. At the moment, he isn't starting a kicker, but it looks like he should just slot in Matt Gay as he looms on his bench against a Jacksonville defense that just gives up way too many opportunities to score. Um, his IDPs are Jerome Baker, Jalen Ramsey, trash, Levante, David, and Chris Jones. Um, some roster adjustment, adjustments here and there will help 
Michael um, favor this matchup um, before, you know, before tonight's game, if he's made them or Sunday. But I believe he has made his adjustments now, and it looks like he has jumped to more of a 27-point favorite here. But we'll see what happens come uh-huh. Sunday. Um, in our third matchup, we have Outdoor Furnishings at 7-5, who is currently the third seed in our league with little margin for error against Randy's 200 million all. Randy currently is projected to take this matchup by four points in a contest that could, again, go either way. Jake's going to start Derek Carr against the football team with his backs being Jamal Williams, who will see a bulk of the carries against Minnesota. And then David Montgomery. His wideouts will be Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton. His flex pieces are Elijah Mitchell and D.K. Metcalf, who, again, since the trade deadline has had low production in a very inconsistent Seahawks offense. He'll be starting Mark Andrews as his tight end against the reeling Steelers. His IDPs are Shaq Barrett, Micah Parsons, Jamal Adams, and then uh, Aluakon from Atlanta. Uh, Jake will probably need to look for a kicker as he just cut fat Randy. Um, Speaking of Randy, sorry, Randy, you're not fat. Uh, Randy will look to Kirk Cousins, who has had an excellent season in 2021 to start under center with his running backs being Ty Johnson and Alexander Madison. We'll see how that goes. The absence of Dalvin Cook will be tested for him moving forward, especially with the playoffs around the corner. Um, The loss of Cook couldn't have come at the worst time. Um, He's got OBJ and Traquan Smith as his wideouts, and then Dalton Schultz as his starting tight end tonight against the Saints. He's got Goddard and Mike Evans as his flex pieces. For his IDPs, he wanted to go with Josh Allen from the Jags, Deion Jones, Harrison Smith, and Darius Leonard. If Randy wanted to swap out some of his offensive players, he does have Ronald Jones, KJ Osborne, and probably his most expensive waiver pickup of the week, Rashad Penny. I guess we'll see what happens. With our fourth matchup of the week, we have Andy at six and six and Spaceballs at six and six. Um, As this game has been going on tonight, Andy has jumped out to what looks to be about a 13 point favorite in her favor. But again, anything can happen on any given Sunday. Um, with this matchup, just looking at Spaceballs teams, uh, Spaceballs teams right out of the gate, he has no choice but to roll out Daniel Jones, uh, who is expected to start against the Dolphins. He's got Zeke going up against the Saints right now, who has done basically little to nothing. Najee Harris, who is quietly having a good rookie year. Hopefully he can have a good game against the Ravens. Um, I kind of read a stat somewhere today where Zeke is enduring the worst four game streak of his career in terms of rushing yards. I haven't really seen a whole lot of dump passes tonight. That's where he does get a lot of his points and where he is a very good PPR back. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and Hollywood Brown are his wide out wide receivers. Kittle is a starting tight end. And then his flex pieces would be Tony Pollard and Emmanuel Sanders. His IEPs that he will be starting are Von Miller, Devin White, Logan Ryan, and Denzel Perryman. Uh, looking at Andy's team, Andy starts Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. Uh, we'll see if he throws another pick six this week. Um, his her wide receiver her running backs are Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. Her wide receivers are Tyler Lockett and Justin Jefferson. Who I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. And with him going up against Detroit, I would not be surprised if he could see 200 yards receiving. Um, Evan Ingram is her tight end, and her flex pieces are Cooper Cup and DeAndre Hopkins. 
Um, her IDPs are Sam Hubbard, TJ Edwards, Malcolm Jen Jenkins, and then Joe the Show Schobert. Um, you know, right now with next week being uh, the final regular season matchup, each team desperately needs a win to stay alive to be in good shape for the playoffs. So with our fifth matchup, Tyler at three and nine and a thousand backflips faces off against Justin's six and six Hustaford's suck squad. Sorry, I'm not a local. Uh, Justin is projected to run away at the moment with his team winning by about 34 fantasy points from what I tabulated at the beginning of tonight's matchup. It still looks good in Justin's favor. A win would help Justin out tremendously in the playoff hunt. When you look at Tyler's squad, you'll see he starts a ton of Dolphins and a ton of Eagles, including former Eagles. Tyler will start two against the Giants. His running backs will be Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. His wideouts look to be Jalen Waddell and CeeDee Lamb, who's currently playing tonight. Um, again, putting a lot of faith in the Miami Dolphins against the Giants. It's a bold Speaking of strategy. tonight, by the way, did you see what just happened in the Cowboys game? Uh, no, what happened? Tony Pollard had a 55-yard touchdown. 59-yard well, touchdown. Yeah, that's going to help space balls tremendously. Holy cow. <laughs> any, any running back touch. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the whole room. <laughs> you have five yards before this, that run. Anything can happen. So going back to our matchup with Tyler and Justin, uh, I think I had mentioned about his wideouts, his running backs, his quarterbacks. His tight end this week is still Gronk. His flex pieces are Zach Ertz coming off a bye. And then he's also going to start, Logan, listen to this. He's going to start practice squad member Adrian Peterson of the Seattle Seahawks. Holy shit. I think there would be a lot better choices. Bro, what? His IDPs include Kyle Van Noy with his hot streak of points in production, Buda Baker, Alonzo Highsmith, and Jonathan Grenard, who, again, I have no idea who this guy was until today's recording. Again, he's going to probably be better off if he starts Marvin Jones or Khalif Raymond as a flex over AP, but what do I know? I'm just someone with an opinion. Uh, Justin is in great shape. He's got Kyler Murray under center. Hopefully he's healthy. He's got JT23, which uh, Logan, I have to admit, Justin wins the trade as we <laughs> lost uh, we lost Mr. Mims today. Uh, Daryl Henderson is his other running back. He's got Christian Kirk and Brandon Cooks as his right as his wideouts. Gusei Gusecki will be his starting tight end. And then he's also got another tight end, uh, Logan Thomas, being one of his flex pieces, along with Devontae Parker, who should be back from the IR. IDP's Aaron Donald will hopefully overcome a choke session with the Packers' offensive line, along with Justin Simmons, C.J. Mosley, and Bobby Wagner rounding out the defense. Justin should win handily this week and a bounce back after a tough week where he hardly got any of his points from his flex pieces. It's all about gathering wins now and getting a good seed. All right, our last matchup of the week is definitely worth mentioning. So Ryan at 4-8 is going up against the undefeated champion, Sturt Daddy at 12-0. And let's just say Ryan is going to need every little ounce of luck he could possibly get to perform what could be the upset of the century. Let's just As say he has, not, he has not started the week how he needs to to pull off the victory. Uh, it's not looking good. As of this moment, Stirk would move to 13-0 as he is currently a 55-point favorite over Ryan coming into play tonight. Man. 
been a tough year for Ryan as he uh, starts Lamar, who had a very poor performance against Cleveland with his four interceptions in the second quarter. His backs right now are Kenyon Drake and Tony Jones. We got a great night going from Tony Jones right now, by the way. Who you know, you know, and I had said I thought that he was going to get plenty of work tonight, but apparently I'm mistaken. Um, he's got the president of the anti-vax club, Cole Beasley, as a starting wide receiver, along with DJ Moore, who caught four of Cam Newton's five completions last Sunday. Let's hope for better uh, production from him. The rest of his flexes are Jamar Chase and Kenny Galladay, with his tight end being Kyle Pitts. IDPs include Leonard Floyd, Kenny Moore, and Eric Kendricks. Uh, I think he could find a different IDP um, before Sunday. Devondre Campbell is on bye. He's also got COVID. Um, may I suggest Jesse Bates, who is currently on his bench? That might help out some. Um, Stirk Daddy will continue to have all of us calling him Daddy as he starts Josh Allen under center with Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon leading the way at running back. His wide receivers look to be Cordell Patterson, who is also a running back and eventually will be an IDP usage player there too, since he's like second string. Um, a point scoring machine, if I might add. And then Michael Gallup, who had a great catch tonight. Flex pieces include Tyreek Hill and Saquon. And then his tight end would be Gerald Everett of the Seahawks. IDPs would be Van Ginkle from Miami, away from Baltimore, Jackson from the Patriots, and Howard again from Miami. I see another obsession with Dolphins players here. Stirk is two Stirk is two games away from finishing the regular season undefeated and is blowing everyone out of the water in terms of points. Lots of luck, and I mean lots of luck, will be needed to be had for Ryan to come out victorious. So, Logan, that wraps up this week's matchups in Fort Throne. Something that's kind of crazy right now. So, the fourth quarter just started. Taysom Hill has nine rushes for 87 yards. So, he's averaging just under, like, 10 yards a carry. Definitely earning his paycheck tonight. He's got a long of 24 yards. Jesus. Whack. Do you remember last year during COVID when they gave Taysom Hill tight end flexibility for, what was it? I don't, did Sleeper do it? I don't remember. No, you, you, remember when you made that trade with me when you were like, oh, hey, man, you need to take, you need to take on Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really, I really, I really want Corey Davis. And we made that trade and you kept, you kept insisting, oh, Sleeper has reported that he's going to get tight end eligibility. Guess what? He never did. But then I ended up, I ended up flipping him for Winfield. So I'm, I'm kind of happy either way just to have Winfield on my team. Justin could have started him tonight. I think he would have been a good piece to add. Yeah, he, I mean, at least he gives you a starting option, potentially. And he can he runs the ball a lot. But I know for a fact ESPN changed his flexibility to tight end. Was Sleeper the only one to not do it? NFL.com listed him as a tight end and a quarterback. ESPN, I think, made the change. Sleeper never did. But they named Kendall Hinton a wide receiver over. I will. I do remember that you know to start the year off, and I had him on my team. Jamal Agnew, who plays for uh, Jacksonville, he was listed as a defensive back, and then all of a sudden, just like that, with the Jaguars just being so banged up with injuries as well, they started starting him at wide receiver. And then I picked him up, and then he had both the wide receiver and defensive back eligibility. And then since he was playing offense so much, Sleeper actually pulled his uh, IDP eligibility off, so he just had the wide receiver um, designation to his name. So this is also screwed up. 
Cowboys hey, and the Saints. The Saints are down by ten. It's fourth and thirteen on the on the Cowboys thirty-seven, and they punt it at the thirty-seven. Yeah, that that yeah. Analytics so, say go for it. I guess the Cowboys had the ball at the floor, but still, I'm like, what is happening? Hey, we have breaking news. We have a team update name. For how much crap Justin gave me last week for how much I changed my name, he changes <laughs> his name quite a bit too. So yeah. apparently we now have the Fall Rivers are fuckboys. <laughs> Things you love to see. This. I'm going to put in the chat that we got the team name change in right before ending. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, that's all we got for this week on For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Next week, we will be coming to you with some more concrete playoff predictions and also scenarios in place based on the matchups and the records. So we are glad that you guys were listening today, and we'll see you next week.